You're listening to Irish Radio Canada, and this time of the year we try to connect with the Irish ambassador to Canada, Jim Kelly, to get an overview of how the last year has been and see what's happening in the year to come and what the plans are. Ambassador, thanks a million again for taking the time. It's always an honour to have you here. Thanks, Austin. Happy New Year to you. Good to be with you. So, um, 2019, the door is closed on it. A busy year, and of course, this time last year when we would have been talking, the conversation was Brexit, 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 Brexit. Brexit has happened. Uh, we now know uh, what has happened. The impact is something that's going to f- we'll all figure out as time goes on. So, uh, if you look back on 2019, I guess Brexit was the big issue. Yeah, I suppose it, it was in a political sense. I mean, for us here in, in Canada, as in, in many places, Austin, it's, a, it, it's an issue that we're, we're aware of all the time, and I actually you know, devote quite a bit of time to explaining uh, Ireland's view of Brexit uh, to Canadian interlocutors here in, in business and in diplomacy uh, and in, in more public forums than that as well. Uh, and there's a great deal of interest, as, as, as we've discussed before, in Canada and Ireland's perspective on this because of Canada's close ties with both Britain and Ireland and our proximity to the UK and our particular issues obviously in relation to to the border on the island of Ireland as well as our east-west trade issues. So yeah, that's taken up uh, quite a bit of uh, time over the past year and as you say, we've seen now withdrawal agreement put in place and, uh, and the UK will formally leave the European Union, we expect now in 10 days. So, Ambassador, would you say then that the process that has happened over the last number of years has in any way allowed you and uh, the Irish government to better define who are Ireland as who we are and how we are who we are? Yeah, I think it's had a it's had a number of effects. I mean, obviously, in, in a defensive sense, we've been we've been very keen to uh, to protect the soft border on the island, as I say, in the first instance, and all that that permits in terms of business and social and cultural exchange and movement, and how important that is um, for for us on the island, as you know. In terms of Ireland more broadly, I suppose the experience that we've had in relation to Brexit has probably, if you like, sharpened our understanding of the need to to double down on our projection in the world. I mean, the government's Global Ireland program is all about that, really, Austin. It's all, all about, you know, being ready to, uh, to promote our values and our interests and defend them as well internationally at a time when the uh, Brexit and other issues have shown how turbulent the international environment is and the, the rules-based order that, we, uh, that we've taken for granted for so long. And as part of the European community, CETA is now ratified and in place, and I know it takes a number of years for the impact of these agreements to be fully felt and filtered through. But are you starting to see some progress in that direction also? Yeah, we are. I mean, I think it's fair to say that CETA has been a really positive driver uh, of the relationship, in particular, obviously, in the the trade and and investment area. And we're seeing, you know, um, just in statistical terms, in the first full year of its provisional implementation, the CETA agreement, we saw trade volumes between Ireland and Canada rise by about 30% all told and a particularly strong export performance from Ireland to Canada during that period as well as as Irish companies pick up on the opportunities that there are to do more business with with Canada with the the changes that CETA has brought in, not only in terms of virtually abolishing all tariffs but also making it easier to do business in terms of recognition of qualifications and the possibility for, for people to come and explore markets and short Short-term, short-term assignments as well. So I think 
think we've seen Irish companies begin to look at Canada in a different way. Uh, companies who might perhaps have been put off by uh, by the tariff regime, but also just by the scale of effort required to get into the Canadian market in the first place. And obviously, that's a lot easier now. And this is something our colleagues in Enterprise Ireland, who support Irish exports and Irish companies, have done tremendous work on in the past few years, and we're, we're seeing the benefits of it now. I recall during the past year as well, a number of Canadian companies expanded into Ireland, and I suppose that would have been attributable to some of the work the IDA has been doing since they put a foothold into Canada also. Yes, the IDA's residential presence on, on the ground here in Canada now with an office in Toronto where they're actually co-located with Enterprise Ireland. I think it's a real game changer in that sense. Uh, previously they would have covered Canada uh, from the United States going north geographically and in particular sectors as well. But you know in the end there's no substitute for being present on the ground and I think they've been able to, to if you like to ramp up their engagement with Canada and to, uh, to to grasp more of those opportunities that are there to attract Canadian investment. I mean, it's a kind of an irony, I suppose, that Brexit is, is you know, we would see it as a, a broadly negative thing from an Irish perspective, but within that overall picture, there are opportunities too. Ireland is, uh, you know, is now positioned as the only English-speaking member of the European Union, of the European single market, of the Eurozone, and that makes it naturally more attractive to Canadian investment, both new investment into Europe, but also investment that's currently in the UK and wants to maintain a foothold in those markets. The IDA are, are you know, leveraging those opportunities. I notice when back in Ireland now when you walk around Dublin, names that we're familiar with here are becoming more apparent uh, as evidence of Ireland being a foothold into Europe. Absolutely. I mean, all of the major Canadian banks now have a presence, in some cases a growing presence in Ireland as well. You see Irving Oil, you see Circle K Station. So I have the same experience, Austin, I have to say, as I travel around and you're, you're, you're on a road somewhere in Cork or, uh, or Kerry and you see an Irving Oil uh, gas station um, and you have to remind yourself that you're not, in, you're not in New Brunswick. And I had the opportunity to visit with Irving Oil in St. John. Um, just late last year and it's a very impressive operation and they really you know they could not have been more positive about their experience of doing business in Ireland and they're, they're planning to, to, to further develop their investment there they took over a, a major Irish oil distributor Ted Castle a 200 year old company um, there in the past year or so and uh, you know they're looking for further opportunities to invest in the, in the growing Irish economy and that's, that's great to see that's, that's what we want to see uh, tourism has also been a major area that we've seen growth in and Tourism Ireland have been devoting major effort with uh, missions to Canada uh, right across the country. Uh, I think you would be fair to say that that investment has paid off. Absolutely. And I mean, it's something that I've, I've, I've you know, been delighted to be involved in with our colleagues from Tourism Ireland. And I'll actually be with them uh, on another one of their, their missions in, uh, in Calgary, uh, in Alberta and in Edmonton uh, in, a, in two weeks' time. And I'm looking forward to that as well, to carry that message of the, uh, of the tourism story of Ireland to those parts of, of Canada as well. I mean, in overall terms, the, as I say, the success, success story is quite extraordinary. Canada has gone from, you know, 10 years ago probably not being in, barely being in the top 20 
uh, markets for Irish tourism worldwide to being number six in terms of uh, num visitor numbers worldwide now and number five in terms of tourism revenue for Ireland. So that's an incredible, uh, that's an incredible uh, change and positive transformation in just a few short years and that's due to the hard work and the excellent work that our colleagues in Tourism Ireland here and, and back in HQ and in North America generally have done and also I think to the great work that's been done to expand flight connections which of course are, are absolutely key uh, when you're dealing with tourism at a practical level of tourism from Canada to Ireland without the flight connections is obviously not possible so the expansion of those connections has been very important. We, uh, we saw WestJet open a new Dreamliner, one of their first three Dreamliner direct routes to Europe from Calgary to Dublin um, last June. I was on that inaugural flight and launched the flight with uh, Premier of Alberta, Jason Kenney, uh, you know, himself a proud Irish Canadian as well. And the first sort of indications we've had is that route has been a huge success. Similarly, their WestJet's new route from Halifax to Dublin as well, which uh, Premier Stephen McNeil of Nova Scotia traveled on as well. And that too has been a great success. And one of the, the great spin-offs of this, Austin, and I always say tourism is a huge part of this, but also business, is that the premiers and the provincial governments in those provinces see those new connections as an opportunity also to do new business between uh, their provinces and Ireland, and that's something we welcome. We talk about tourism, we talk about business, we talk about uh, uh, political, and um, one of the aspects of, inter of trade between the two countries, I suppose, as well, is education, and it's often forgotten about or undermentioned. Yeah, I mean, it's something that we have focused on a lot in recent years. I mean, there's now a new kind of education in Ireland strategy that's driven uh, strongly by Enterprise Ireland and by other stakeholders in the system back, back in, in Ireland as well. And, you know, the links, the educational links between Ireland and Canada, I mean, are quite deep and, and, and long-standing, particularly with the Royal College of Surgeons. Of course, so many Canadians go there uh, when they finish their, uh, to, to finish their medical degrees. And then also we've seen new institutional links between colleges in Ontario and the new uh, TUI, Technological University of Ireland, what was the, the Institutes of Technology in Dublin. We're also seeing new links between BC colleges and British Columbia uh, and corresponding colleges in Ireland as well and, you know, exchange visits between the two and opportunities to work on, you know, courses that are jointly offered with, uh, with modules and seminars in either country so the students get that, that dual experience, if you like. So those, those links are growing. We've had education missions out to both Ontario and to BC and there's a big uh, BC educational conference on at the end of March and we're obviously into a, an election scenario at the moment so we don't know what will happen there but uh, but we are hoping that it will be possible to have a, a government minister represent Ireland at that, uh, at that occasion as well. So, so it's something that we, you know, that we really are devoting a lot of time and attention to, and we're seeing very, very positive connections, and that comes from that. While those connections are meant to, I suppose, encourage people to come to Ireland one way or another, whether it be through business, whether uh, culture, on the other hand, is very much an Irish export as well. That covers coast to coast to coast in, the, in Canada and the Irish have been very strong uh, coming over here and sharing the culture. Absolutely, and it, it's been a you know one of the most enriching parts of my experience, I have to say, as ambassador here over the past three and a half years, has been the extent to which 
Irish culture is, uh, I would almost say, omnipresent in Canada. Everywhere you go, um, you see Irish music, Irish dancing, um, Irish writers and Irish poets are frequently present here at festivals too. And there's a, it's, it, you're knocking on an open door here. I mean, in part, I think, because of the, I guess, both the cultural and linguistic affinities and then the shared history with so many uh, Irish people having come here and made lives in Canada going back over hundreds of years. And, you know, we've often talked about, talked about the statistics on the one in seven uh, of Canadians who claim Irish heritage. And that's a really rich base of affinity, if you like, for, uh, for Irish culture uh, to flourish within. And we're seeing growing numbers of musicians and writers uh, and dancers coming here as part of that and in, in terms of cinema and theatre as well, all across the, the branches of the arts. On our side in the mission and here in the embassy then, we're, we've been trying in the past year then to increase our own engagement in facilitating all of this. We had our first uh, Halloween event to mark the kind of, you like, the broader, if you like, cultural landmarks and signposts uh, within the Irish calendar year. Uh, we'll have Bloom's Day again this year. We will also uh, we will also have our first St. Bridget's Day uh, event in the embassy uh, that we'll be hosting in the residence uh, in February too. So we're, we're looking to sort of show people that, you know, St. Patrick's Day is obviously a huge focus for Irish culture in, in, in Canada and around the world, but there are other natural junctures, if you like, in the calendar that help facilitate this uh, this kind of uh, cultural exchange as well. So we're looking forward to doing a lot more of that again in 2020. I know you, when you mentioned the one in seven, I noticed in the last year more records, genealogical records, have come online in Ireland. And that, of course, represents a tremendous magnet to people mm -hmm. on this side to be attracted over and do research, etc. Yeah, it's 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 a growing attraction for people, obviously, to uh, to look up their their roots and get a sense of uh, of their their family history and origins in Ireland as well. And as you say, Austin, the uh, the the tools, if you like, and the machinery to work with that and to and to to you know to hone in on those connections in real detail have improved enormously in in recent years. I mean, one of the one of the uh, the the big developments, I think, in Dublin as well, at a kind of a macro level, is the new Epic Museum, the Museum of Emigration uh, on Customs House Quay in Dublin, which is a beautiful state-of-the-art museum. And they have their own, if you like, historian in there and their own facilities for looking up your own genealogy and doing that kind of research. And I know that's something, just talking anecdotally to Canadians who've visited Ireland in the past couple of years, that's been a big addition, if you like, and a, a sort of an attraction that many of them are checking into as a sort of a starting point in that uh, in that search as well. So yeah, this is really a, a thriving area, if you like, of uh, genealogical and cultural and, uh, and family history tourism as well. So then, while we've been kind of uh, looking down at a 39,000 foot level overall, when you look back at the year yourself, what would you see are the high points uh, within the uh, mission? And uh, then both from a, a various aspects, like what stands out in your mind? Yeah, I mean, we've covered a lot of those things in one way or another in talking about, you know, big trade engagements and tourism uh, and obviously the work on Brexit. I mean, in terms of, of, of what we've been trying to do ourselves, I mean, I've often spoken to you in the past when we've had these conversations about how one of my focuses when I came here was to really strengthen the political and diplomatic connection between Ireland and Canada, which I felt really could, could, could have done with uh, being ramped up. And we've had, you know, in the last, in under three years, we've had 
20 plus ministerial visits which has obviously really helped to to embed that connection and you know make our senior government ministers and politicians familiar with each other at a direct level which helps build practical connections and partnerships as well on the parliamentary side as well we've you know we've had very positive experience in the past year with the uh, with the work that we've been doing with the parliamentary friendship group led by James Maloney MP here in Ottawa and I suppose one of the highlights of the year came in that context actually was sort of a joint event um, that we organised between the Embassy and the group which was the uh, expanded second annual Irish Night on Parliament Hill um, where we had more than 600 people in attendance including a number of cabinet ministers, a very large number of MPs and senators, um, people from the community, people from the diplomatic corps, from the business community in Ottawa and it was a chance to showcase the best of Ireland in terms of food and drink, tourism, our culture, our music and our dance um, and really, you know, a really successful uh, night which we got wonderful feedback about and which has now very much become a, an annual fixture and we're looking forward to, uh, you know, we're actually in the sort of planning phase for, for a further event this year in May and thinking about how we can build on what we've, what we've put together so far on that because it's really, it's an occasion that, you know, it's a very enjoyable celebration of all things Irish uh, on, on, on Parliament Hill but really a chance to bring the visibility of Ireland directly to parliamentarians which is obviously something that's very important in terms of the, the broader work that we're trying to do to promote Ireland's interests here in Canada. So then, Ambassador, as we look forward a piece, I know in the last year as well, uh, your deputy head of mission, you have a new deputy head, um, Michael uh, got a posting to China. Uh, so as you look out ahead in the coming year, uh, what's on the horizon? Yeah, so as you say, Michael Hurley, our, our deputy, our former deputy, has gone to China. He did a wonderful job during his years with us, and he's off to a, a new challenge now, which is the nature of our, our business, as you know. Uh, we've been joined by John Boylan um, as the new deputy head of mission. John's from, from Galway. He's a, an ex-army officer himself, so brings his own different experience, if you like, of having been posted to different parts of the world, often in very challenging situations, and he brings his life experience now to the work here. So, so we're all geared up for another year. We've had our sort of, if you like, series of planning meetings both internally in the embassy with our colleagues in Team Ireland here and I was back for our ambassadors conference uh, in Dublin last week. So we have a lot of things, if you like, on the front burner for the coming year. I don't want to go into to too many of them. I suppose in the short term I mentioned St. Bridget's, I mentioned the Irish Night on the Hill. Um, I did about six, I think six all told provincial visits um, myself in the past year in addition to the ministerial visits to develop those connections and promote our trade and our tourism investment opportunities in different parts of Canada. I'll be doing a lot more of that as well uh, in the coming year, in the first half of the year certainly, and uh, a lot of work on Brexit. We have our Ireland Canada Business Association um, paying their first visit from Ireland to the west of the country this year, so they will go to Vancouver and to Calgary, which is something that we've been hoping they do for a few years. They generally go to Toronto and Montreal, and we'd like to see them explore those other opportunities, so they've taken us up on that, and they'll do that at the end of May. Then beyond that, we expect to see, we hope, the, the new phase of Ireland Park, Grisette Park, um, in which commemorates the, the sacrifice of those uh, Canadians. Uh, surgeons and nurses who gave their lives in treating 
um, victims of the Irish famine of the 1840s. Uh, that park, we hope, will open in the summer. Uh, it's something that we very strongly supported in many ways, and we're looking forward to that. We expect to have political visits as well, Austin. We had expected up to four in the first quarter of the year. Now, obviously, we now have a general election called in Ireland, so we'll have to wait and see um, whether there's a new government in place in time to allow for some of those visits in March. But uh, apart from elections in Canada and elections in Ireland, which obviously have impact on those things, we expect you know more trade missions and more uh, ministerial visits uh, for a wide range of uh, of purposes in terms of building up, uh, building on the connections that we've developed uh, and strengthened in the past few years. So another very active and exciting year, I think, uh, for us all here in the embassy. Well, we mentioned the arts earlier on, of course. At this stage now, there are film festivals, uh, Irish film festivals, running across the country, and it's coming into the season where they start to get underway. It is, yeah. I, mean, I was just actually reflecting on that because I'm, I'm hoping to attend on Friday evening in Montreal the opening night of, uh, of Cine Gael, the long-running um, Irish film festival in Montreal, which is very successful. Uh, film festival which has been running for I think it's more than 25 years now so it's if you like uh, the sort of you know the the original in in many ways of uh, of the set of film festivals here but there are also festivals of course very successful festivals in Toronto uh, which will take place in the end of February the beginning of March the festival here in Ottawa which will take place in late March and the festival in Vancouver a new festival in Vancouver which is only in a, just past its second year which takes place late in the calendar year so those festivals I think they piggyback if you like in some cases in Toronto and Vancouver on the major international festivals that are there providing you know tremendous venues in which to showcase the best of Irish cinema uh, and you know I, I have the pleasure obviously to attend those each year usually I get around most of them and it's great to see that the interest that there is in Irish cinema which is obviously going through something of a of a golden era now uh, and uh, and the opportunity that there is to showcase that part of our uh, that part of our cultural offering as well in so many parts of the country it's something you know that we risk taking for granted almost there are very many countries here um, you know countries with strong uh, film industries who don't get the opportunity perhaps to showcase as widely as we do but such are our links and, and if you like our integration into the culture and the affinity uh, that our people and Canadians have for each other that uh, that we are fortunate enough to have the, the means and the base to do that all over the country and I think it's something that's uh, that's really terrific and I recommend it to all your listeners. These are wonderful festivals and uh, you know if you're within reach of any of those cities this year you should try and check them out. You did mention there's an election in progress uh, underway in Ireland so consequently ministerial visits during March have yet to be sorted out but as you have often said March is not a week. It is an Irish month that's called a week. It, it, it is. It's an Irish month. And I mean, we sometimes say, you know, there are very few countries in the world that can kind of, you know, say that they have a day that's theirs. And we're fortunate that in St. Patrick's Day we do have that. But in, uh, in countries where we have such a strong connection, like here in Canada or the US, the UK, Australia, it's more like a, it's more like a month. And it's, uh, it's uh, sort of a crazy time in many ways, but a fantastic opportunity. Um, you know, to showcase Ireland and to increase our visibility, um, both publicly and you know among the political class and with business and uh, in the cultural sphere and on the media as well. And we do our best uh, running around the country 
during the month of you know often to take full advantage of that and normally it's also a great opportunity as I say to 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 arrange ministerial visits and we hope that will still be the case but obviously that's something that's not within our control but I think you can rest assured whether whether we do end up having political visits or not we'll be we'll be fully engaged here from the embassy and the uh, and the agencies and all the Irish groups and associations uh, and community groups in St. Patrick's Day week or month whatever way we want to call it. So you mentioned early on, Ambassador, that you know it's been three and a half years that uh, you've now been in Canada, and that triggers an, a bell in my head that normal postings are around four years. Is uh, that's right? Yeah, it's usually around four years, and that'll be that'll be the case for us as well. So this will be my final run around the uh, run around the the roundabout in terms of St. Patrick's Day and all of that. So um, so yeah, it's, uh, as, of, as is often the case in this life, Austin, it's very hard to believe that it's already year four, um, which I guess is a sign that you're enjoying yourself and that you're busy, uh, which is certainly the case. So um, so yeah, um, this will be this will be our, our final year here. Um, in Canada, and uh, we're not quite being valedictory about it yet, but I can certainly say, as we're talking, that it's uh, it's been a wonderful experience, and we hope it will, and we're sure it will continue to be between now and when we finish up in the late summer. And do you know, uh, are you going to get an opportunity to spend a number of years back in Ireland, or are you back on the road again? Yeah, that's the, all of that is still <laughs> still being being worked out, Austin. But uh, but yeah, I mean, in 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 this life, you're used to the fact that things aren't uh, permanent. It's one of the attractions of the life in some ways, the chance to be, to you know, to have a fresh challenge and uh, and to take on something new. Uh, your job changes every couple of years, and it certainly helps keep you fresh. And I think it's good in terms of the individual posts as well that it's always good to refresh things and have uh, you know have somebody come, uh, someone new come in and do things in their own way, and uh, it keeps everything fresh. And there's uh, you know there's there are always new things to be done and new opportunities to be availed of. So uh, so yeah, so that's uh, that's the the nature of the business, but uh, but we're not gone yet, Austin. Don't worry, be, oh. <laughs> you'll have to put up with us for a while longer. Oh. No, I'm looking forward to hopefully that we can find the time as you come close to the end of the posting that we have a chance to sit down and reflect on the four years. Yeah, I'd certainly love to do that, Austin. Absolutely, and we we'll, let's 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 say that we'll 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 do that nearer the time when I'm a little bit more in 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 reflective mode. Thankfully, the rhythm of the business is such that uh, that you're living a little in the moment. Although this time of the year, as you say, we're you know we're looking back and looking forward a little bit, so it's always a good it's always a good time to talk. But uh, but I'll keep running till I get to the finish line, and uh, as I get a little nearer the finish line, we'll have a, a bit more reflective chat about it all then. Indeed. Well, that's a good point for us to wrap up today, and I want to thank you for taking the time. It's been an honour, and again, to be able to sit and chat and to uh, catch up on the fantastic job that you guys are doing. Well, thanks, Austin. You're, you're, you're very kind as always, and uh, and pleasure to, to to talk to you. And just to say again, uh, all the very best to your uh, to your listeners for for 2020, and to you and your family as well.